I have one thing to say to you. Kiss my fat ass. Hello, my fellow mourners of diet culture. It is I, Emily Lubin. I'm the Grim Reaper and the host of this show. Welcome to season two of RIP Diets. We back, baby. It's January 1st, new year, same us, no need for us to change. I'm so excited to be back in your ears in the new year. A few things. Over the holiday break that I decided to take for myself, which was five weeks long, I began making Patreon content. This is exclusive content that you're not going to find anywhere else, and it's never going to be released on the regular feed. I've been doing full days of eating vlogs in which I take you through my day, and every time I eat, I eat in front of the camera, which is not the most flattering, but honestly, it's been really fun, and it's helped me reach a point of true acceptance with what I am eating. I mean, I had already achieved that and I do consider myself to be an intuitive eater. I definitely have areas of improvement to work on and I'll get into that in a second, but having a camera out really kept me accountable these past five weeks, especially over the holidays when in the past I have tended to succumb to stress and anxiety and maybe not eat quite enough or eat emotionally. It can go either way, as I'm sure you guys can relate to. But taking these days and really having to plan for my meals and take out my camera and be held accountable that I'm eating enough because I know that if I wasn't eating enough, somebody would call me out. It was a really fun exercise and I'm definitely going to continue to do it. I'm going to continue to make vlogs and release bonus episodes on Patreon. We have some loyal patrons already and you guys have been amazing. You've been giving me some great feedback, but I want more of you. I want to really grow this community and I want more of you to get a more intimate look at my recovery and my everyday being a body positive person and living my life in a very mindful, intentional way when it comes to food. It's a great supplement to this podcast and it's only $6.99 a month which is an incredible deal. You will get an extra podcast episode every month as well as a vlog every month. And I decided to do that. I wasn't originally going to commit to a vlog every month, but I'm really enjoying doing them. And it's just a different form of expression that I've never done before because it was scary. And I thought, you know, video wasn't for me. And I was also self-conscious about the way I looked on camera. But I've completely gotten over that now. And I'm loving it. And I'm finding new ways to be creative with it. So I would encourage you all to check it out. Go to patreon.com slash rip diets and just see what you can get for $6.99 a month. Again, this content will not be released anywhere else aside from the Patreon. And it's a great way to support the show and make sure that I can sustain this show for a long time. So I would highly encourage you to check it out. Also, follow me on Instagram. I'm at Lubination, L-U-B-I-N-A-T-I-O-N. 
You can slide into my DMs for any and all reasons. And I try to get back to everybody. I'm pretty good about it. You can send me advice questions. You can tell me about what you think of the podcast, how it resonates with you, or, you know, you can just chat with me. I love getting to know you guys, getting to know this community. So keep it up. You guys are fucking fantastic. Honestly, I could have never imagined to have so many rad chicks in my circle and dudes, I'm sure, but I don't really hear from the dudes. If you're a dude, get at me. I've heard from exactly one dude and it delighted me so much to know that my words are resonating with a male audience as well. You can also email me with advice questions at ripdiets at gmail.com. And of course, join the private Facebook group. It costs absolutely nothing. Go to Facebook, type in RIP Dieters, and you can request to be added. I usually respond to those requests the first day. And if you request to be in, you're in. There is no screening process. All I ask is that you keep it a safe space and do not body shame anyone or say anything problematic. Don't say any weight numbers. Um, but pretty much everything else goes. And we have some stimulating conversations on there. Let me tell you. The most recent one that really got me going was somebody posted a screenshot of a text message conversation between her and a guy she was dating. And the guy was expressing concern over her eating habits and she shut him down like the son of a bitch he was and it was so epic I was just cheering and hooting and hollering from the other side of the computer screen that is the type of energy that we have in this group it is just a bunch of cool ass chicks who are banding together against diet culture, starting a revolution from our own backyard. So you're going to want to join that. Again, the group is called RIP Dieters, and you can just search it on Facebook and request to be added, and you're in. Now on to the agenda for today. Today is the first day of 2021. Did we survive? Guys, did we survive 2020? I know that everybody is allergic to 2020 and we don't have to deal with it anymore. However, we are still bound to our houses. We are still dealing with coronavirus. There is not a vaccine yet. I'm sure that many of you didn't go home over the holidays, didn't see your family. I did happen to see my family because my family is in my bubble and I see them multiple times a week, as you guys would know if you were on Patreon. But there were some changes. I didn't get to see my friends like I normally do. Um, I actually really haven't seen anybody except my podcast partner and my boyfriend and my family for, gosh, like a few months. Because over the summer, there were outdoor hangs. And now here in New York City, hell has frozen over. The sun starts going down at 4 p.m. And we are just in a Groundhog Day-esque cycle of gloom and doom. But I do see a light at the end of the tunnel and I do think it's going to get better. And I am doing my best not to internalize any anxiety, to take everything in stride. And I hope that you're doing the same. I hope that you're not falling for diet culture in these early days of January when it is so rampant. I mean, people are posting their goals on social media. I want to lose 10 pounds this year. I'm back in the gym. Oh, look at my Fresh Planet Fitness membership. I want you guys to 
to not feel pressure to change anything about yourself this year. Continue to work on eating intuitively, joyful movement, all the things that we talked about in season one, particularly in the first 10 episodes when we covered the principles of intuitive eating. I want you guys to continue to work on that and continue to listen to this podcast, continue to follow people who look like you and people who are larger than you, who are living confidently in their bodies. All of this is so important. And don't fall for the trap that these diet companies are laying out for you like a trail of candy leading to the gingerbread house in the woods where Hansel and Gretel were boiled alive. I think I've been watching too much Stranger Things in my downtime. Anyway, on that note, I'm going to get right into this conversation that I have for today. I sat down with comedian Lauren Crass, who is a plus-sized woman living in New York City. She is a stand-up comedian and writer. And we just met, but I think we are kindred spirits because we are just about all of the same things. And she gave insight on something that I have been lamenting that I can't give enough insight on, which is plus size fashion, where to buy fashionable plus size clothing. Give Lauren a follow and you can see she wears the cutest outfits. And even I wanted to know where her outfits are from. And I don't even know if they make them in my size. So everybody who's been asking me, where can I buy plus size fashion that's actually cute? I've listed all of the stores that Lauren mentioned in the show notes. And she also gives a lot of great other tips when it comes to uh, not keeping things that are too small in your closet, which I've always said, you have to have things that fit you and you have to buy the thing that fits you. It's so, so important, you guys. Do not keep those jeans that are two sizes too small around just in case you happen to lose the weight. Because the goal is not to lose the weight and keeping those jeans in your closet That's kind of like a shrine to this goal that you might be telling yourself is not a real goal, but those jeans are evidence that it is a real goal. So get rid of the damn jeans. Buy jeans that fit you and have things in your closet that you're able to feel comfortable in and fashionable in and feel like your truest self and like you're dressing yourself for success and not living in the past or living in a would-be future that we are not aspiring to anymore. We want to live in the now and we want to dress our bodies and treat our bodies the way that they should be dressed and treated. And on that note, here's my conversation with comedian Lauren Crass. Guys, my guest today is a comedian and writer in NYC. I was actually connected to her by my good friend, Tracy Carnazzo, friend of the pod, past guest. And she told me that I just needed to speak to this woman about this very subject. I'm so excited to get into my regular body image talk back for 2021, baby. Yeah. Lauren Crass, how are you doing? Hi, I'm great. Yeah, I love Tracy. I wear, this might be one of her tops I don't know she oh really she is a very she's open about being kind of a shopping addict I am as well um so what does that look like what what form does the shopping addiction take it's I mean with Tracy and I it's a very special relationship where she drives to my house and drops off huge black garbage bags full of amazing clothes with tags on them still (laughs) Oh my God. And then as um, my way of saying, thank you, I donate whatever I don't keep. She doesn't have to worry about it. I take what I want, donate Oh, the rest. so you're doing like free labor in exchange for the free clothes. I'm getting 
a good deal. <laughs> oh, that is such a dream. I would love, you know, I see some people sometimes like advertise, not advertise, but like post on Facebook, like clothing exchange. And I'm always too nervous to attend those things. I don't know why. I think it's like an internalized thing that I'm too nervous. If like, oh, they're I so go fun. and nothing fits me or something like that. Um, but yeah. it's such a good idea and so much more sustainable. I've been, yeah, I've been experimenting with getting more sustainable with fashion because it's a major hobby of mine. And um, there's this Facebook live group. I feel like, I, I feel like I hacked the system. It's in Florida and they do these Facebook live shows where they show the clothes and you bid on them. I do it cool. like three times a week and it's supporting small business and it's sustainable and it's okay that I'm shopping too much, right? <sighs> It's much better, much more ethical. I, I have heard though, I, I've had guests on the show before specifically talk about how it's hard to shop sustainably if you are plus size. Right. And de I mean, definitely hard to thrift if you're plus size, because I know, I mean, I'm five, eight, um, but I'm not plus size. I wear sh straight sizes. And yeah. even for me, the arms are always too short when you're thrifting. The torso is always too short. Things are t generally too small. I don't know if people back in the day were just smaller or if they only curate the smaller Ooh, I can stuff. answer that question. I would love to know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's actually part of the history of uh, fat phobia and diet culture is the industrial revolution when we started mass producing clothes because before then we just tailor made everything and we were like okay what are your measurements and nobody was like oh my god your waist is over 40 inches you're gross they just like made right. the clothes so right that's and what then you it was your job to fit into the clothes yeah it was just everything fit because it was made custom for even like if you're i don't know a street wench or whatever <laughs> <laughs> I identify as a street wench. <laughs> Only after five o'clock do I identify as a street wench. <laughs> well, you have such cute style. I was actually going through your Instagram. You have, you have such cute style. You wear such cute outfits. Thanks. Where I was, I think... I, I can't give people advice on this particular topic. I've had... I make like little... Um, videos on Patreon, like little vlogs. Yeah. And somebody recommended that I do some type of fashion, like how to shop for plus size where to find things that people are comfortable in, like as their bodies are changing. Right. But I'm just not a good, I'm not a good gauge for that type of thing. So I would love to know where, where else do you shop? Is it just like the insider Facebook live or do you have no. stores that you like to shop online? There are so many places. Um, well, by so many, I mean so many less than straight size people. Of have course, much. yeah. <laughs> have access to. But um, I definitely have my favorites. And uh, just a PSA to please buy clothes that make you feel pretty and special at all sizes. Yes. Do not wait to get back. And because I'm not going to lie, I do have some clothes that are too small for me, but it's just because I'm aware of the pandemic and how my body changes. Yeah. And I'm having so much fun because I, I have gained weight since the pandemic, but I've had so much fun buying more clothes for my body. Like it's, it's been such a self-care thing to buy clothes that fit and are excited. Like I bought a sequin dress with feathers on it. Am I like that in the, me? in the queue? Um, what it, what do you mean in the queue? In the quarantine. Oh, <laughs> the quarantine. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. You don't understand my lingo. I'm sorry. I think, I don't know if we have a Gen Z millennial uh, age difference. Oh my God. No, you know, I'm <laughs> going not, on here. I'm not Gen Z. I'm 30. <laughs> okay. I'm yeah. But, uh, but 
wait, what was I going to say? Oh, you know what? I talk to myself so much on here that I think yeah. I just start using slang that I assume That's everybody so knows, but really nobody knows. In the queue in line? Um... <laughs> yeah, I'm British now. <laughs> no, um, but... You bought a sequin dress in the quar? In the quar, I did. It was it was $39 down from like 175 from Eloquy. So post this pod as soon as you can, because some direct advice is they're having 60% off clearance right now. So a lot of Ooh. my deals come from Eloquy. I stalk them. Like I know exactly when and how, like I, I knew to wait for Black Friday. I was like, that's the way to do it. 50% off full price. Get out of here. I know, I know they're going to, I know how far they'll go. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yes. So- that is so the key. I always wait until there's a sale because you know that they're coming. It's they're just coming. fucking around with you yeah. all year until that mm-hmm. one time when they're like, oh, surprise, everything's 75% off. And then you feel like a loser if you bought it full price. So, right. And it's yeah. always their big sales always come at a time when you're like, okay, I'm not shopping right now, but you have to, because right. that's, that's when they're, that's the strategy. Okay. Eloquy, uh, Torrid doesn't have the, Oh, Torrid's like an OG plus size. Store. Yeah. They're, they're great for, um, for my big breasted friends. Uh, they're, they're great for bras. Cacique from Lane Bryant. Great for bras. Um, I do find some things on Poshmark. Let me just specifically shout out curve live. It's C U R V L I V E. It's a Facebook group. Okay. It's a store in Florida. I don't know where in Florida, but it's in Florida. And they Florida's put, just one big city. It's in it's in the city of Florida. <laughs> it's just one <laughs> mass. <laughs> and it's so fun. Like if you're lonely and bored like me in the quarantine, you can just watch these girls be funny and like talk. And they there go if you're short-waisted and they like show how big it is and they go, I'm a size 16. This fits me. Like they do oh, such a lots great of job. detail. Yeah. Everything I bought fits from them. And I've done like four orders. Oh, that's amazing. Well, yeah. I, I will list those stores in the show notes for people who missed it, but. Oh, and Mod Cloth and Anthropology Plus. Okay. Anthropology has a plus department. Yeah. They actually have a lot of their clothes in plus sizes. Oh, I didn't know that. Did yeah. they always? No. And it's still not perfect because a lot of the items don't have plus models. You'll see like, you know, a very slender straight size model in a, like a sweater vest that goes up to a four X and you're like, I think this will look right on me. Yeah. But you have to leave a lot to the imagination. I never understand that either. I don't, I don't understand the concept. Um, do you know, Sarah Hartshorn? Yeah, she's we're friends. Yeah, she she came on the pod and she was talking about how when she was a plus size model, she was modeling plus size clothing um, in theory, but she was not actually plus size. Right. Yeah. Which is just a very strange phenomenon to me. I, but I I'm digress. Um, I would love to kind of get into your whole body image journey for lack of a better word (laughs) were you always were you uh in a larger body as a kid or did you gain weight over time and kind of like what was that whole process like for you sure um so I have always and I've come to accept and love the word fat or it's more of a neutral word maybe I won't say love the word but it's I mean if somebody's like screaming you're fat on the street I know they don't mean it in a nice way yeah (laughs) but yeah and we and there is a difference and you know the difference yes yeah so I would say I've I've always been fat I would say um 
as in plus size, as in, you know, wearing a size like from high school, probably, probably like sixth, seventh grade until now I've been in a size 14 through 18 or 20, you know, so I've always been kind of in the small fat category, um, small to mid, these are fun technical terms and the there's fat a term activist. for everything there's a term for everything and yeah. I was telling you before the mics were on that I actually didn't know the term small fat uh-huh. um until I, maybe like a month ago is actually um when another comedian Jade Marcotte was on she used the word small fat and I said small yeah. fat that's amazing did you come up with that she's like no Aubrey Gordon did <laughs> this is your podcast like you should know these words um but no, so a small fat, is that like between a 14 and a certain size or is it kind of like a vague term? I think small fat is, um, and I can pull up one of Aubrey Gordon's posts, but I'm pretty sure it's like 14 to 18. Okay. Um, and the privilege that comes with being a small fat is that you can kind of play both sides. Like for example, I could go to the Gap or Old Navy and buy XL and it right. might fit fine, but you know, someone who is in a larger body than mine wouldn't be able to have access to that. So there are privileges to it that I think it's important to be aware about. Um, but yeah. So. Definitely. You know, I I guess that's what I would have categorized myself as because I was plus size when I was a teenager, uh-huh. um, probably until I was 12. 2021 and then my weight changed for a variety of reasons yeah bodies change bodies change but um that was always my experience personally is like going to forever 21 with my friends and them finding so many things to wear and I would maybe find one thing but it wouldn't look right but if yeah. it fit that was a victory oh my god fit, I bought that so was ugly things just because they fit as a teenager it's... which is like why like why did it take me so long to realize that if something <laughs> yeah. doesn't fit I don't need to buy it it's it's uh once you're free of that, it changes your whole perspective. It goes back to mm-hmm. what you were saying before about buying clothes that you find comfortable. Yeah. I don't know why that went over my head for so many years. It's like, no, I don't have to feel restricted or uncomfortable in my clothes. I can just buy the size that fits or buy things that yeah. I like to wear. It's underwear it, is big too. It's like, it's even in the intuitive eating book. It's like buy underwear yeah. that fits you. That's like one of the first steps of like yes accepting yeah. your body is having underwear that fits and it really does make a difference mm-hmm. I personally I choose to forego underwear a lot of the time <laughs> but that's just me yeah, my, um, Emily, no. <laughs> you're clutching your pearls over there <laughs> um but so okay so you were always a small fat and what was the environment like at home were your parents supportive of you or did they try to get you to lose weight so funny. I talk, I actually talk about this with my therapist a lot because I had a pretty supportive upbringing. That's great. Um, I still, you know, my mom, so my mom's plus size. Um, and she, she wasn't always plus size. She was like, she was like a very slender straight size beauty queen in college. And then sort of after she had me and in her adult life, she became more plus size. And that's always how I've known my mom is, is as a plus size woman. So we were kind of just like, fat ladies together, um, <laughs> making mac and cheese, having the ladies fun. who lunch. Yeah. And like my grandmother who helped raise me, her name is big mama. So like <sighs> we have what? a big family. 
Wait, you call her Big Mama? It's Big Mama and Big Daddy. They're no longer with us, sadly, but they're oh, awesome. Wait, where are they from? Are they from the South? That's Big Mama. Oh, That's she's showing teeny. me a picture of Big Mama <laughs> with a big cat. That's Teeny. That's my old kitty. Oh. <laughs> These people are, or cats are with us anymore. And then this is Big Daddy. So Big Daddy's from Ecuador. Okay. And Big Mama is like from the middle of nowhere south carolina it's a, a beautiful romance we don't have to get into it but yeah it was all I, romances were beautiful <laughs> back then like right? every yeah my my grandma still tells the story about how well this is a little less beautiful but about how her parents were engaged to different people and then he saw my great grandma walk out of the lobby of a hotel and yes. of course she was a natural platinum blonde so of course he <laughs> fell for I'm like yeah. grandma he cheated that's funny yeah big daddy saw big mama swinging on a door of a gas station in a sundress and really? he liked her shoulders and he said, I'm going to marry you. And then he did. That's so sweet. Yeah. Oh, rest in peace. I know they're, they're the best. But um, so I did get some messages, I think, from my grandparents, just, you know, because of diet culture, not because of like yeah. child abuse or anything where they were like, especially I think in middle school, I would get upset a lot because of the surrounding diet culture, patriarchal diet culture that we live in. So I'd feel bad. Why don't boys like me? Why aren't they showing me enough attention? And so big mom and big daddy would be like, well, you should lose weight. Just thinking it would make mm -hmm. me happy. Yeah. You know? Like, how do we solve this problem? Right. So I would get some of those messages. And um, I know my mom, she would like, she's very supportive. <laughs> she's the most supportive person I know. So unfortunately, what that meant, though, is when I was 14 years old and begging for like a Bowflex or like a <laughs> spa or whatever I had my sights on. A waist like, trainer. Okay, honey. Oh, my God. Oh, um, that's so funny. That's amazing that they were so supportive. So were you aware of diet culture or is that something that you had to educate yourself about? I'm very newly in the grand scheme of things aware of diet culture. Um, I mean, I've known about diets, obviously. Yeah. And I've seen how they've affected people negatively my whole life, but it wasn't until about like literally May of 2018 that I started seeing a registered dietitian who's health at all sizes and intuitive eating that I started reading all these books. And I was like, oh, this is like a huge scam. This is right. I mean, there's so much we don't even, I mean, it's rooted in racism. I mean, it's, mm -hmm. it's a big, big scam and it's something we should all be very upset about. Yeah. But unfortunately it's something that we're so tangled up in right. and that nobody it, it's so hard to escape because it's literally everywhere you turn and it's gotten into the heads of everyone, you know? So yeah. part of me, like even now, um, I will sometimes feel like a sudden panic of like, Oh my God, like, what if I'm wrong? What if I'm not doing the right thing? And then, you know, yeah. I have mechanisms to check myself and tell myself, no, that's, you know, that's an eating disorder voice. That's not your mm -hmm. voice, but it still does affect me. It's like almost impossible to go through life completely unaffected. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll, I'll admit just a couple of weeks ago, I was talking to my, I, again, Rebecca Dickoff, she's great registered dietitian, intuitive eating certified. Um, but yeah, I was talking to her and I was like, kind of sarcastically, non-sarcastically, I was like, should I diet? I've gained a ton of weight over pandemic. Is this okay? 
And she was like, we're not dieting. Um, she was like, cause I keep a log. It helps me track my mood and everything. And she's like, your food is the same. You're not walking and you're stressed out. She was like, it's like, it's of course your body's going to change. It's fine. So, so she has you write down everything you eat. Um, she lets me decide that it helps okay. me when we check in. It's kind of like playing detective, you know, like I'll write was feeling sick this day and she'll be like, oh, well, you didn't need dinner that night, you know, or something like that. Mm, okay. So you find it helpful to do that. You don't find that you obsess over tracking or what you're eating. I've no. And that's because I will go ahead and brag about being kind of an advanced intuitive eater. <laughs> <laughs> anti-diet culture rager gets well latino you know? so it's i'm able to sort of separate any sort of shame like if i write down like three donuts i'm not like oh my god i have to go right. lash myself i'm just like i eat three donuts right okay that's great um let me say you're far more advanced than many <laughs> guests that I've had on this podcast. So excited. It's, um, it's my di- uh, uh, registered dietitian, which makes me sound very diety, but it's like the most anti-diet thing in the world. To work oh with. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And it's so great that that industry is growing, like specifically weight neutral coaching and oh, um, anti-diet registered dietitians, because it finally gives um, like a reference point, people who actually do the research and look yeah. into studies and say like, no, this is actually an exaggeration. This is something that a diet company actually sponsored Yeah, as a study, which a lot of people don't know that that happens the either. BMI is based on people who had their pockets in literal diet pills. So it's just all. Yes. It's- yes. Yeah. Everyone should read up about that. But, <laughs> but I've been reading um, a book that has been recommended to me so many times and I just hadn't gotten around to reading it, which is Hunger. Have you read that book? Oh, no, I have not. I don't okay. even know if I've heard of this. Let's oh, it it's, um, it's by Roxanne Gay. Oh, um, yeah, I know yeah. her. <laughs> and it's, it's incredible. I mean, like, yeah. I, I was joking yesterday to my boyfriend. I was like, I wish more people knew about this writer, <laughs> but yeah. um, it's so good, but it really has been making me look inward a lot. And this kind of goes back to what we were talking about, about like how every experience is so relative and subjective. Like I always thought that I had it so tough because I had like a very, thin white lady type of upbringing where like the emphasis on thinness was so exaggerated Mm -hmm. that even me being a size 14 was like unacceptable. Yeah. But reading this book, she's talking about how the world is not made for plus size people. Well, well, she's not just plus size. She's like morbidly obese, which is also a disgusting term yeah which she talks about as well but it's I mean like, I'm morbidly obese as well according to the BMI chart which is total bullshit that's crazy I it the term morbidly obese we're not is, dying <laughs> yes it's implying that just you existing is a death sentence you, you can't define someone's health by how big or small or how much they weigh it's really it's just a lot of correlation and not causation it's uh yeah. And, People and they even books. do it in the medical industry. I'm wondering, yeah. have you had experience with doctors mistreating you or things going undiagnosed? Absolutely. My current, um, primary care physician, Dr. Wang at 
Mount Sinai. It's this isn't libel. It's true. He every time I go in, he's he recommends weight loss surgery, and I show him like, like gastric. Bypass? He wants me to have gastric bypass. No. Yes, which is very dangerous. Um, your body, Low your quality choice. Of I life. know people who've done it, but you know it's not for me. I don't think it's for. I don't think it's for anybody. I think it's me. for. For very few people, just judging on what what it seems like your quality of life is after that surgery. It's just so it's just so dangerous. And and you know, he always tells me you need to lose weight. And, you know, I don't want to get too into a healthism perspective, but I'll show him my chart. And I'm like, do, like I have great cholesterol and um like my my chart is great. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, why do I need to lose weight? And he's like, because you're morbidly obese. And I'm like, and and what <laughs> like yeah so, and and what is that actually what are the ramifications of that right now nothing yeah and i do want to be careful with this conversation because i i know that you know it's not helpful to the fat activism movement to be like you can be fat and healthy because it's like you can and i am but someone who is fat and potentially you know unhealthy you know they deserve respect and good medical care and you know well, a and they, on an airplane and... right and, and they don't owe you health right it's like uh yeah it's like I've never seen somebody yell at a lanky person walking down the street <laughs> for eating Taco Bell right. while they're walking you know <laughs> which you know if you cut open their insides they would probably look a mess right but yeah my doctor tries to harm my body every time I go to my my checkups and I keep going to him because I can't feel it when he draws my blood. And I also like to think I'm making a difference by ranting at him every time I go to see him. Yeah. So, so it doesn't, it doesn't affect you negatively. Like, do you have negative body image moments and how do you combat that? Sure. So. Um, I think, you know, I had negative, I had, cause you know, now I'm so grown up and smart, mm -hmm. um, but I think I saw a nutritionist as a part of like a weight loss study when I was in college. Cause yes, I was doing that. And you know, that was a negative experience. She would say like, focus on the guy you like when you're on the treadmill. <laughs> and Ew. I know. <laughs> and I've had therapists, um, in the past, not my current one. He's amazing. Um, tell me to lose weight as a solution to being sad or lonely. They're just like, you should lose like, yeah. So yeah. It's very harmful. I've, I've always been an avid, uh, rebeller <laughs> with this stuff. I so, sense that about you. Yeah. So before I was doing intuitive eating, I was, I was based, I wasn't dieting. I was just eating whatever I wanted. Um, but I wasn't, you know, feeling super great all the time. And so I wanted to, you know, look into some nutrition. I'm getting so lost here. Sorry. You asked That's all right. something different. Um, Ask me the question again. I asked do you, do you have bad body image days or bad body image moments? And how do you check yourself in those? Right. Um, I do. I, to check myself, I will remind myself of the word value comes to mind. I will say, you know, we do, I do mantras and I'll say like, your size does not dictate your value. Um, you know, I believe I'm super hot, but even though I'm super hot, that doesn't make, give me value. So I'll just remind myself, yeah. my value does not come from how big or small my body is. Um, a mantra I used to do for a while is I am worthy of love regardless of my size. 
you know, so it's just, it's mantras, baby. <laughs> mantras, you and uh, transcendental meditators. <laughs> yeah. Um, you actually just reminded me, I saw this, this tweet of yours. I hope you don't think I'm like this weird fan. Okay. I just, I was dying. Okay. It says you have such a pretty face is one of the most common backhanded compliments us fat Queens get. Now that my such a pretty face is shrouded in a mask, the world must acknowledge that my body is slamming as well. Simple eyes down here, fellas. Um, <laughs> I just I, laughed at my own joke. <laughs> it's funny. Um, I That made me think like that actually reminded me of when I was younger and I used to hate when people would say, you have such a pretty face, you're so pretty. Like I took it as a slight against my body. It is. I, it, but, you know, I don't think it was intended that way. And that's... It I, depends on the giver of the compliment. It definitely depends. Yeah. It definitely depends. Is that something that you've gotten from people and you felt like it was a backhanded compliment? Ab- yes. Sorry. I yeah. keep saying absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there was a time where I was at a bar. I was, I think I was like just 21 or 22 and a guy walked up to me and he was like, you have the prettiest face of anyone in this bar. Why don't you do something about the rest of it? <gasps> no. Oh my God. I just shuddered. Yeah. I just, I just went to the bathroom and cried. Cause I just didn't know what to do with my emotions. I wasn't me yet. You know, it was me. I know I sound so like cocky and I do a mantra and I'm right. okay. But it's, I'm 32. I've been fighting fat phobia and diet culture for 32 years. Yeah. Or, and somebody I don't saying know, 22. That right to your face. Yeah. They think yeah. they can, they think they can just say that. And it's like, so, someone yelled at me to, to go to the gym a week ago. Um, <laughs> you know, what's funny about that is that at the gym, the it's gym is probably, unhealthy. you'll get COVID. <laughs> Well, well, that's, that's one way to view it. But another thing is the gym is one of the scariest places for like, in terms of facing judgment from others, like comparing your bodies, like people compare themselves to other people at the gym. I see it happen. I see other people. And I think it can, I, I love the gym. I think the gym can get you to a place if you're using it in a healthful way it can get you to a place where you are goal oriented but it doesn't have anything to do with weight loss yeah feel strong it can give you more energy right you know all of this but I do also think if you're not in the right place it can be very toxic yeah it's like what exactly that person didn't care about my well-being he just not at all so what um do you do any kind of movement or any kind of exercise I do. Before um, the pandemic happened, I was actually, it's funny you bring up toxic gyms. I was going to a a kickboxing studio. I I really love kickboxing. I get a lot of- um, It's so hard. Oh my God. It's great. I love it. I've taken a couple (laughs) classes over the years and I- It's not easy. (laughs) Oh my God. It's hard. But I just, I love kicking the crap out of a bag and memorizing a combo and just feeling strong. Yeah. Um, and you know, they'll say things, they had instructors and they would say like, imagine the type of body you want. And, you know, I would just scream. I was, I'm the worst. I'll just scream out like, I have the body I want or hell yeah. They'll be like, remember why you came here. And I'll like shout to sleep better, improved (laughs) mood, energy, (laughs) you know, so I kind of like had to take 
eat the meat and throw out the bone as my mom would say when it comes to certain situations like what does that mean it means take the good enjoy the good and just toss the bad part like don't get bogged down because yeah the fitness studio it was fitness culture so like of course it had some negative things in it but I kind of just took what I could get from it which was the 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 boxing yeah that's great that's great and and, uh I you know I sometimes get questions about people saying like I want to start going back to the gym I want to have more energy but I'm scared to because I'm scared I'm gonna either get addicted to it or go in there and feel judged. And I always say that I always say like, if you, if you feel good enough to go, then take it one day at a time, like go to one class or go to for a half an hour, go for 20 minutes. Like you don't even have to go for an hour. It doesn't need to be like this all or nothing thing, but that's why I think that fitness culture is so toxic because it makes you think that you need to be all or nothing. I would say definitely, you know, be careful with where you're picking. Like maybe don't go to soul cycle or maybe I'm not supposed to say brands, but like, like, um, like group fitness classes that are usually Zumba or even like a kickboxing class without the bags, the people who take those classes, they're like women of all ages and bodies. So once you actually get to a class, you're kind of like, oh, yeah, everyone's, everyone's different. Everyone sucks. Yeah. Everyone sucks. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, I think, oh, and I want to, man, I should, I should need to get paid sponsorships by all these people, but uh, join. It's like a joyful movement app. Um, they J O I N it's J O Y N. Um, it's 10 bucks a month. They put, there's tons of, um, like joyful movement workout classes. They also, they usually have a fitness instructor in a chair. So if you, you know, it's for like all bodies, all abilities, um, and the instructors are all fat. It's awesome. <laughs> so as soon as it starts, I just feel like I'm in such a safe space. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. amazing. Thanks for the tip. I, we do need to wrap up. Oh so- yeah. Sorry. I could talk about this for like 12 hours. Oh my God. No, 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 no worries. <laughs> I was just going to ask you, is there anything that you would like to share or anything that you forgot that you want to leave with? Um, I would say let's all remember to love our bodies in 2021 and not fall for the diet culture scam that's going to be thrown at us. That is a really good reminder. <laughs> I I would have forgotten to say something about that. I do an intro for every show, but I definitely would have forgotten to say something about that. It's fucking January 1st when I'm releasing this show. Yeah. And you guys need to put your blinders on and not pay attention to anybody else talking about how there's going to be a new them because you already are the you that you are. And you should work toward accepting that person. Amen. So that's all I wanted to say. All right. Where can follow people follow me on Instagram? Yeah. Where can people <laughs> find you and follow you? Um, I would prefer if you would find me on Instagram. It's Lauren Hope Crass. I post all of my outfits and fat activism inspo. <laughs> Yeah, she's a, she's a great (laughs) follow. And even just for the people who are constantly sliding in my DMS asking for fitness, uh, not fitness, fashion (laughs) tips. Nobody ever asked me for both. I have fatness, fatness, (laughs) fatness, fitness, fashion, all the F's. Um, definitely slide into her account and see what she's about because like I said, she's all about it. So thank you. And thank you so much, Lauren. Thank you, Emily. All right, all right, all right. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Lauren Crass as much as I did. I think she gave a lot of great insight. She's clearly very well read and has really reached a stable point 
of self-acceptance and self-love, which I admire so much because that is what we are all working on in the new year. So feel free to slide into my DMs if you need support over the holidays. But again, Patreon is the place to get my unconditional, undivided, constant support throughout the beginning of this year and all through the year. So go to patreon.com slash rip diets and get a piece of that pie. I can't wait for season two. We have so many awesome guests lined up. Just so you guys know, the episodes in season two are going to be a tad shorter. When there is a guest, we're aiming for a 45-minute episode. And when there is not a guest, we're aiming for a 25-minute episode. This is intentional. This is so you guys have something that you can listen to in its entirety and not feel like it's a huge commitment, but still have that boost for your day and that inspiration to be living your best life to be remaining body positive in a world ridden with diet culture. And that's my mission here. So I look forward to hearing from you guys and to getting started on season two and creating more content for you guys. Over and out. (laughs) 